Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. There are many scriptures and aspects to Christian living that fill preachers with the cold sweats and the fear, and very few come close to when we are called to preach on giving. It is not something that we always look forward to, and I think it's because as human beings we struggle with it. We struggle with it. This idea of giving, whether it's financial or whether it's our time or the various resources and skills that we have at our disposal, it can be a difficult thing for us to reflect on. And as we come here this morning to give thanks to God for for his provision to us, it seems strange that Paul is reminding us as Christians that we are encouraged to give out of that bounty that we have received. It seems strange that even although God has given to us so generously, we have a tendency to forget that and tendency to forget to give back in his service. And it's clear that the, the Corinthian church were blessed in so many ways when we read through those letters. Clearly God had blessed them as a, as a church in so many ways. However, they do appear to be reluctant to give back to God so that others would be glorified. Now, in fairness to the Corinthian church, the, this idea of um, grace giving it was a kind of alien con- concept to them. They didn't really know what it was, so it's something that they are having to learn. So Paul is needing to educate them on it, that this is something that is part of being a follower of Jesus. And I do love how how Paul opens up chapter 9, just before um, Moira uh, read for us this morning. He says that he was boasting about the Corinthian church to the Macedonians. He was boasting to them. Using the Corinthian church as as an example uh, to these new Christians in Macedonia. And it is interesting saying, you know, I I boasted about you. He'd used how they'd been blessed by God to to grow the, the Macedonian church. But then he says, but if the Macedonian church were to come here, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed you know, if you've forgotten to do the things that, that, that I've told you that you, you're supposed to do as a, as, as a follower of Jesus, you know, I've boasted about how amazing you are. And if this Macedonian church were to come and visit and they were presented with what they're being presented with, I would be embarrassed because you've forgotten. You maybe don't live up to the, the, the level that I've been boasting about how amazing you are. 
Paul is at pains to educate them that, that our response to God's giving to us is that we give back in his service and to the service of the kingdom. That you do not save up all of your, your resources just for yourself. That we need to give to others. And it's not about being saved through your giving. That's only Jesus can, can save us. But that we need to voluntarily give of the resources that God has given to us. You know, he opens up our passage in verse 6. And he's almost quoting Jesus when he says, The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's like what Jesus is saying in Luke's gospel at, at chapter 6 when he's talking about it, where he says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. And this good measure that Jesus is talking about isn't always financial. That or in some way a, a kind of form of material goods, but that this good measure is in so many ways worth far more than finances and material wealth. Jesus offers us salvation and many blessings in return. Now as human beings, we, as I said at the beginning, we have a tendency to to either forget or a hesitancy to, to give generously, um, especially so if we begin to start to worry about our, our own money, our, our own comfort and our own needs. And this is not about plunging yourself into um, real struggle. This is not what it's about. It's about that we need to ensure we have the same faith that Paul is telling the Corinthian church that they need to have, that God will be able to meet all of our needs. Not always what we want, but what we need at any particular time. You know, one commentary that I was reading this week had said that giving isn't something that we do. It has to be something that we, we are. It has to be part of our living. It has to be this that, that giving is just an, an overflow of our life as a fully devoted follower of Jesus, that it's part of our, our being, that it's not just something that we do. So as we come back to, to verse 6, we're reminded that a person who only gives a little will receive a little. And we should never let a, a lack of faith get in the way of us being able to, to give to God freely and generously. And the thing is, this idea of, of reaping and sowing that John spoke about earlier, and, and as, as Paul is speaking about, it's not something that we need to mull over too much. We understand it. We get it. We might, we might not necessarily need to be uh, farmers to understand how it works, that if you were to, to be a farmer and you, and you sow a lot of seeds then there is a high chance that your harvest is going to yield a lot more crops than if you were just to throw a few seeds down. The higher probability is that you would receive more because you have 
given more than if you were just to throw a few seeds on the ground. Or in a more urban, uh, modern thing, if you were an investor and you were to invest a lot of money into a particular bank, then you are likely to receive far more than if you only invested a small amount. And I'll refrain from saying anything about a mini budget that we had this week, about how much you reap and so. But it makes sense to us that the more that you give, the, the more opportunity is for a return. We should never forget that we have a very, very generous God. You know, I love Romans chapter 8, verse 32, where he says, He did not even withhold his own son. He who did that, will he not give so much more to us? Give us everything else. We have a generous God. In verse 7, it shows us that, that our attitude is important, that it's it's more important than how much we give. It's about how we give in that place in our heart, that our heart is in the right place as we give. We don't ever have to be embarrassed if we are only able to give a small gift back to God. Because God is more concerned about how was our heart when we, when we gave than what we give. We might think about the, the widow's offering in Mark chapter 12, it didn't matter that it was only a few coins. It was far greater of value because as we read, Jesus says it was all she had. Far more of value than the, those who were looking to show off by throwing in a whole bunch of coins that really meant little to them because they had so much more to give. But here was this widow who had gone all in in her, her response and thankfulness to God. I was also reading a, about Charles Spurgeon uh, this week. And Spurgeon, arguably one of the, the greatest preachers um, of all time. But this, that wasn't what I was focused on. That wasn't the thing that jumped out at me. It was a story about um, him and his wife, and they used to have hens, and they would collect and sell eggs, and um, they never gave them away. They would only sell them. So if anybody wanted eggs, they had to buy them. And over time, there was a number of people who who started to accuse the Spurgeons of being, you know, so greedy. Why couldn't they just give us a couple of eggs? Why why do we have to pay for them all the time? And it wasn't until Spurgeon's wife passed away that, that the full story came out. The money that the, they recouped from, from selling these eggs went to provide for, for two elderly widows that had no other income. That money went to ensure that they could live a comfortable life. And it was only until his wife died, that that story came out. Yet up until that point, they'd been accused of being greedy and selfish and all this other things. But 
In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't allow people to, to get it. You don't boast about your giving. Now, they wanted to keep it a secret that they were helping these two elderly widows. So they were willing to put up with the, the abuse that they'd received, unwarranted, because people didn't know the full story, and neither do we when we look out. It's not about how much we give. It's about how we do it. And here, how is our heart? It needs to come from that right place, not out of a sense of duty or a sense of showing off. It needs to be from that genuine place of gladness to give. You know, as it says in the scripture, cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. We open up ourselves to being blessed by God and equally others can be blessed also. And verses 8 and 9 are a reminder to us that while a farmer has to wait for his, his seed to grow, the work of God starts immediately, that we get to see the blessings immediately. There will be long-term blessings, but there will be also blessings that happen immediately. And it's important to note here that this isn't a, a, a get-rich-quick scheme. I know that there are a number of churches and theologies that would, would dictate that. You know, give me all your money and you'll be blessed and um, I'll drive around in my, my nice shiny car. Um, plead in poverty. This isn't about material things. But you will be blessed by God. Paul reminds us in verse 9 that we not only share in God's grace but also his righteousness. And what Paul is saying here is he's actually quoting from Psalm 112. And that psalm is about a, a righteous man who has no fear. His fear is gone because he has that understanding of ensuring that his heart is right with God, that he is a sincere and obedient man in God's eyes. So he has that immediate blessing from giving to God and understanding as being righteous is having no fear because his heart is sincere and obedient to God. And Paul isn't saying that we earn our righteousness through giving. It is only through our faith in our Lord Jesus that can do that. However, if our hearts are in the right place, if they're in the right place, then God can use our giving to develop our character. You might remember Last week I was talking about that process, that refining process, that it can be used by God to develop us, that we might become righteous like that man in Psalm 112. In verse 10, God reminds us that, that, that he gives us resources and we are to use and invest them. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And it's really interesting that Paul draws on, on chapter 55 of, of Isaiah's prophecy, which uses this idea of, of bread and seed as being both the, the Word of God and a very literal harvest. And he's showing here that it's incredibly important that we recognize that there is no secular and sacred 
divide when it comes to our, our giving, that it is all for God's glory, that we need to see that, that our giving of our resources is just as much a spiritual act as singing a hymn or reading the, the scriptures out loud. Our motivation is the thing that, that makes it special. That our, our heart is in the right place as we give. The resources that God has given us are not to be hidden or stored away or stored up for ourselves. But they should be sown and cultivated in order to produce more crops for the kingdom. That they need to be used but equally more than that, it's when we invest what God has given into the work of the kingdom, then God will provide us with even more to give in his service. It might not necessarily, as I say, be material things, but we become refined characters in God's eyes with an ability to go and reap the, the harvest, which is great. And our passage closes with Paul emphasizing these spiritual rewards that come from generously giving to God's work. So while we shouldn't immediately expect to become super wealthy through our giving, we will be privileged to know that those who receive our gifts are being helped and blessed and will praise God because of it. If we were to read to the end of the chapter, we read that we would receive prayers from others and we will be blessed. It says here, through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. There is a lot going on in that short, uh, those last verses, probably a whole sermon of by themselves. So I'll summarize it. And I think it's one of the major criticisms of Paul by the, the church in Jerusalem and the legalists uh, within the church was that he was anti-Jewish and anti-law, which is some accusation for a Jewish person who was also a Pharisee in his former life. To be accused of being anti-Jewish and anti-law, that's some going to try and criticize him. But Paul felt it was incredibly important that there was no divide in Jesus' church, that both Gentile followers and Jewish followers would recognize that they were part of the same church, Jesus' church. There would be no division. And this giving for the work of the whole church was an, an outward showing of support for others and a willingness to be together as one church. And that included the church in Jerusalem that were less than complimentary about him. And it's not that the Gentile church were buying prayers from, from others 
It wasn't that they were buying their, their salvation. It was nothing to do with that. It was a way of showing their love and support for others. A place of being able to show that they were thankful to God for the amazing blessings that he had shown them. And it is right that we stop and we thank God for the many blessings that are in our lives. So let's be people that are committed to giving from our resources to the ongoing work of the kingdom here on earth. That it would be something that we wouldn't see as a, as a duty, but that it would be something that was just part of who we were. That it was just part of our life as we live our lives as fully devoted followers of our Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for all the good gifts that you've given us and all the good gifts that you will continue to give us until we take up that greatest gift of all of having the opportunity to meet with you face to face and be welcomed in. Lord, we pray that our faith would be increased and that our hearts would be set right before you. All in order that our giving might be done from that place of thankfulness and love. We pray that many would be blessed through our giving. From the amazing resources that you've given us. Lord, we are aware that there is a big harvest out there in the world. We are aware that the workers are few which is why we offer our service to go out into that harvest, to sow seeds of your love and grace. Lord, would you help us with everyone that we meet? And loving God, we thank you again for the greatest gift of all, our Lord and Savior Jesus. And it is in his mighty name that we offer this prayer this morning. Amen.